Coming to you live from Kudu Studios with Vian Isaac. It's Sounds About Music. Sounds About Right. How to create a second album featuring Vian Isaac and guests. Hello, everybody. My name is Vian Isaac. I am an indie pop artist and producer from Nashville, Tennessee. And this podcast, Sounds About Music, is the journey of how to create an album from the heart of Music City. In this podcast, I talk about music production, I talk about songwriting, and I invite all the people who helped me make this album to come on the show. And I actually have someone who has been with me longer than anyone else in this industry and in any other industry. And his name is Hein, and he's my brother. So, Hein, welcome to the Thanks. show, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. Right. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I just had to have you on because, I mean, we've done so much together, and so much of the Vian Isaac project is you. Oh, thanks. And, you know, everything visual that everyone has ever seen ha- has had your hand on it. So, I wanted to just invite you along and, and kind of talk to you and just honor you with everything you do. So I think we can just kind of jump into, I actually had a lot of my fans on Discord ask some questions about you. Oh, cool. And so I, I have some of those questions. I should actually oh, pull yeah. those up. That would be awesome. Um, and I then, just want to say thanks for having me on the show. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, man, no problem. So I think we can just dive into one of one of the first things. And honestly, I don't even really know this about you. So, And you're my brother. So I'm, I'm sort of curious. But I'd really love to know what your earliest memory is of you drawing and world building and kind of where that started, kind of where it evolved from there. Yeah, I think they started at at sort of different times. I think, uh, well, actually, they might have started at the same time. The world building, I remember really specifically being on a road trip once um, through the Nevada area when we were young. I don't know where we were going. Could it have been a church trip, maybe? A road trip and to maybe. California? It could have been a church trip. Or on trip. tour with Orange Free State? It might have been that. No, it was earlier. I was very young. Maybe we weren't in California. Maybe we were just somewhere in, in, in Colorado. Oh, I just remember um, um, starting to build this world in my head of of these people who live on this mountain, and, they, and then there's this cloud layer that they can't go under because there's like robots down there that would kill them and then it, it was really about like it was i i think during that time i had been i had just seen like parts of the caribbean and i just really liked the fish people and the mm-hmm. look of them so i really wanted the robots to look like that and then like and i like the idea of like a city like that was like the last bastion like up 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 on the mountains so i just kind of started building that as a world and it, and it never really turned into anything but i just liked doing that hmm. and then after that it kind of like spiraled into more worlds and and, and things that I started drawing you know as well mm-hmm. so and then I remember clearly drawing figures when I was young I don't know when exactly maybe hmm. middle school but I just made them out of boxes because I didn't know like much about the the human form and anatomy or anything. What do you mean boxes? That's very interesting. What I just like actually made them out of just rectangles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like um and just cuz I didn't know what I was doing and and but it was the first time it felt like it worked. I was like making things out of rectangles and I was like, "Oh, this actually somewhat looks like a human figure, you hmm. know." Almost like maybe puppet looking, maybe not. And I and I and later on in art school you find out that that's really a good thing to do. Um, is to be making stuff out of, but 
in art school, you find out that you should be making things out of like or picturing like 3D boxes around things. It helps you kind of put things in a space. But these were like just 2D shapes, you know. That, that That's crazy, doing. though, that just intuitively, though, you were pretty close to what they teach in art school. Yeah, but I think that, yeah, that is pretty crazy. But I think it, it, it was more than anything. It was a box gave me proportion and it has a length and a width, you know. So so and I think what I was missing was. A, a Z axis height yeah, as the, well, the, you okay, know, okay. to add to, to to make it into 3D, you mm, know. Mm. That's but crazy yeah, though, yeah. because that that does mean you were using the same technique. You just weren't doing it in 3D. You were doing yeah, it in 2D. In 2D, wow. So it was it was cool. That was the and and I I think I remember that because that was the first time, like I I I'd been complimented on 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 art. Uh-huh. I think I was drawing stuff before them. But that was the first time somebody. Uh, that was the first time Dad actually was like, "Oh wow, like this has potential." You wow! Know? Like wow! And I was like, "Oh okay, cool. Like maybe this is something I should do." You know? That's amazing. Thanks. Cool. So you started drawing, and you started drawing in rectangles, and then yeah, uh, I, I kind of remember from you growing up. You were we were both always kind of drawing very early on. You know? Yeah, because I remember were. I would do the whole Chiplinder thing. Yeah, they that? were so cool. And I think here's the other thing. I think we were world building probably before I world built my my own things. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because when we played games together, we were world building. Like, yeah, I'll never forget. I'll never forget a uh, uh, old video that Dad filmed of us. I mean, I was probably four and you were three mm-hmm. or five and four, mm-hmm. and we were in mm-hmm. the the Namib Desert in mm-hmm. Namibia. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Have you? Do you remember this video? And there was this rock mm-hmm. where we were playing on this rock next to where we were camping for the night. And and we it was a spaceship to us. Oh yeah, and it was fascinating to watch us like we were literally completely in our own world. Yeah, like it, and it was all so real to us. I think, and I think that's that's the thing. I think world building is something that I think just children just do mm. because they inhabit like a, an imaginary world. So I, I don't think it's a unique thing. I think I think it's a unique thing to continue doing. Yeah, um, or just a maybe not super unique. There's a whole community of world builders out mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. but it's 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 a thing that that people a lot of times grow out of. You I know? would say it is more rare. I mean, you're right. There is a community, mm, but let's mm. be real with it. Compared to the general population, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, how many absolutely. people do you know that that do? Yeah, well yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's true, actually. Yeah. So what you find is is it's very addicting and mm. fun. World building is because I think it puts. What do you people, mean? What do you mean by that? Um, it, well, I think it puts people in that same mode that they're in as kids of like mm. pure imagining. You know, like it just like purely imagining things without much. There doesn't need to be as much. There needs to be purpose behind them, and and like really well built worlds have purpose behind everything. But in terms of comparing world building to storytelling, world building is so fun because it's so non linear. So you don't have to try and tie up loose ends or think about a story or mm-hmm. so on. You can really jump around and do anything you want, mm-hmm. and it feels a lot like playing as a kid. So and you're right; it is more rare for for grown ups to do world building. But I think there's a huge resurgence of that now with um, a lot of tabletop games that people mm-hmm, are playing mm-hmm. with a lot of of just video games of people being invested in the lore of video games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so uh, people make lore videos and then um, and then I don't know. There, there's other people who just start building these worlds for fun, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. and I do think it's a very fun, addicting thing to do. You know, and That's... you hear that from game studios too. They always talk about how world building you can just keep going and going and going. Wow. You know? wow. So, 
Man, so you, you bring up like lore and, and people make lore videos and that kind of thing. So one of the main things that was discussed on my Discord this week was people are curious about both the Vion Isaac lore mm-hmm. and the Juniper Vale lore. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't know about that. Now, what I would say first is when it comes to Juniper Vale, there's a whole audiobook series that mm-hmm. dives into the lore a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people actually know about that, but it's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. But I, I would love to... If you if you don't mind, maybe starting with Vian Isaac and talking a little bit about your concept behind that first comic we did. Maybe you can talk a little bit about how we started the project. You know, with that first Rhino illustration uh, yeah, that you yeah, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I would say, Vian Isaac. Interestingly enough, now that you talk about all this, really was a world building exercise rather than a plot or narrative exercise. Yeah, yeah. Because it 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 evolved out of this fascinating world you built with african animals in the arctic yeah totally i can i can do that (laughs) tell you about those yeah i think i think it it kind of evolved out of world building and the narrative of the comic book eventually just kind of felt like a necessity for tying a lot of like worlds together it it was kind of like a unifying concept for world building in general like so it was it was it was yeah because it was just our version of like a multiverse Mm -hmm. but it had its own sort of specific interesting for me at least interesting way that it did it you yeah know? oh I, um, I think it's fascinating the way that you explained it when you first came up with it i was like dang that's s- super cool thank you it was very very fun to do it yeah. was very very fun to do so the world we built really started off as just like rhinos in the arctic it was interesting because it wasn't like a world concept that came as like a concept you know like um like some of the other worlds that i'm working on and our building did it came more in the form of imagery which happens a lot of times too and with your influence as well because i remember you contacted me and you're like yeah man like i i want it to be like just super cool and epic like and i was like okay cool and (laughs) that's what i always i would always call you and i'd be like dude like imagine like big landscapes and like interesting animals and stuff in the (laughs) landscape like i just wanted to be like in the arctic and just like everything's huge and and that's like that's like classic uh when when the client has no idea what (laughs) what what the the industry is about you know when someone someone in my industry is like yeah you know like i want to sound like i don't know Coldplay. <laughs> Everyone wants to sound like Coldplay. So the um and the rhinos, totally. The the so the rhinos, the first image I drew was was this of you on a rhino, mm. like in the snowy field and everything. And something about it just kind of worked. It felt right. It was just it fit the music and it was really it captured like a cold theme we had going on mm. and then also like spoke to our like our, our past being from South Africa mm-hmm. and everything. So it worked in that sense on sort of a, a visual level. Mm-hmm. It kind of invoked that sense. But then also we needed to tie it up into a world. And, and that was really what I wanted to do. And that's that's really what I do with most things I work with any client on mm-hmm. is we will a lot of times come up with an idea and then I'll draw a few things and then it'll snowball into a whole world because I'll, I'll, I'll kind of see a pattern that we can tie everything together with and mm. sort of a system that we can fall everything into. So the the system for Vian Isaac ended up being, ended up coming out as the concept of, of two-dimensional time. That's which, awesome. Which, which was cool because it's just like, okay, it's a different timeline that they're in, but it where it differs from, from Marvel timelines and multiverses and things is uh, I, I never really understood how 
we can move fluidly through space and there's no way for us currently to just jump from one part of space to another instantly. Like the, there's no way to do that. So if you're inventing a time machine or something that manipulates time, it's actually kind of odd for it to be able to jump to a different timeline, you know, and just to jump back and forth and all this stuff. Um, because if you're manipulating time like you would space, space then yeah. it would it would you'd have to kind of flow back and forth and move through iterations of things. Yeah, happening. like like a car. A car like moves a car. from point A to point B. Exactly. It and you just can go teleport. fast. You, yeah, exactly. It doesn't just teleport. Yeah, thank you. Teleport. <laughs> <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. So um, wow, just, that's crazy, man. So a time machine. That's so true. It would. You would think it would be the same. So the right. idea of a time machine disappearing in one time and appearing in another is like a teleporting car. Exactly. And so that's why usually time machines are, in sci-fi, they're, they're said to have control over space and time. Mm. And so much control, that's why they can like teleport, because they have control over space and time. But my thought is, is if you just have something that's manipulating time or, uh, around itself... Um, it would probably start as not being able to just teleport like that and be like a car or even slower, you know, at first. And then we could start speeding it up and speeding wow. it up to get to different timelines. So then from that, and, and the, the whole point of this was to kind of wrap into why are there, you know, African animals in the Arctic, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so Wow, it's because we were slowly driving from one timeline to another. Yeah, yeah, And things yeah. were slowly transitioning. Changing. They were slowly changing and and... Uh, it only felt weird to us, and we didn't notice it as much in the comic. This is we, as in our characters in the comic, didn't notice it as much as much because we were in the Arctic, which is a like, kind of barren yeah. place, you know. Yeah. So um, the concept of uh, of two dimensional time, after coming up with some of these things, more images came my way, and they really had to do with motion. So so it was wow. really about like if somebody's standing in a field, the environment around them would start changing as they went through, you know, sideways or so on in, in time as and not just like things wouldn't just speed up and slow down or go backwards. They'd pause and then morph as they wow. like transition into different versions of themselves. So that fluidity is what I really liked and really was after. So. You, The funny thing is we are three years into the Vian Isaac mm -hmm. project and mm -hmm. I've never heard you explain it like that. Kind of the problem you were trying to solve, mm -hmm. the conceptual problem. Mm -hmm. And that's fascinating. That's actually really, really cool because, because now that I think about it, it is kind of weird that time machines in all sci-fi mm -hmm. jump, they jump from one timeline to another. Mm -hmm. But no other plane like you know the spatial plane mm -hmm. doesn't work like that mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of interesting that we think that with time you can all of a sudden just jump from you know one o'clock to six o'clock yeah so but you can't you know yeah. it, it, and it's it's mostly about that secondary time access of like oh different timelines mm. because time machines will in sci-fi like go speed time up back. Yeah, or yeah. back or, or go back um though they all oftentimes just jump back as well or jump forward um but it was about that, like, okay, why do we think that we can jump to a timeline where things are so different, right? And a lot of the reasoning behind that is because, oh, you need to be able to find where it's split off and branched from our timeline. Um, so it, you have these time streams. Mm. But I explained this in the comic, and it was 
kind of fun how you should still be able to make a plane out of those. If, if because you, there's so many choices and so many different variations right, right. that eventually all those lines that are parallel with each other mm -hmm. begin to make one solid surface. Sure, sure. Yeah, or, or they could, like, in appearance, maybe. It, it, that was yeah, one I mean, way. This of, is all you know, armchair, <laughs> armchair thinking. <laughs> yeah, and that was maybe just one way of, of looking at it. But it was really just fun, and it was fun to be able to to make a system where you can track kind of like what is changing and how how you're going side sliding through time. You know? That's amazing, man. So that was that was that was the idea. So the comic book delves into that. Yeah, yeah. no, I love it, man. Um, we haven't really been discussing a lot of what's coming up with Vian Isaac because. I think this time we're really focusing on the music first mm -hmm. and then jumping into mm -hmm. the world and the art mm -hmm. after that, mm -hmm. kind of based on where the music's at. Because I feel like that is something we both agreed last time mm -hmm. we can do better and tighter. Yes. Is the art was was sort of its own thing. The music was sort of its own thing. And then there was definitely some mm -hmm. crossovers, some touch points. A lot of the album covers appeared in the comic, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. So there mm -hmm. was definitely some things where you could tell, well, this is the same thing. Mm, mm. But this time we really want it to be much tighter. Yeah. And really the art and the music can't live without, without each other. Mm -hmm. So we haven't really talked a lot about that, but I don't know if you've had any thoughts or ideas. We were maybe talking right before the podcast starts about maybe some stylistic changes mm -hmm. that might come with Vian Isaac. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that things just getting a little bit more gritty i mm. think and, and oh i agree and, and emotional because i'm so angsty yeah yeah All the songs are so angsty <laughs> they're so angsty and i think um my style for a long time has kind of tended towards the cutesy and the mm -hmm. pixar which i i mean i'm not against that and i'm i think that's a great great place to live in if it fits what you're doing yeah. so as as i'm finding your music and your n newer stuff as well. It's it's a lot more angsty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm growing, all right. I'm evolving as yeah, an artist. And, and I think I think the more I live life, the more I just realize there's a lot more to be angsty about. <laughs> and I think just as, as you as you evolve, I am kind of evolving off of that yeah. as well. And yeah. I think we're evolving together, like you just said. I think both of us were very proud of what we had made. But we're unhappy with especially that aspect yeah. and tying them yeah. together more. So stylistically, making things a little bit more, m maybe darker, but if anything, a more emotional yeah. and more, more, uh, um, yeah, just more emotional. Mm -hmm. Maybe an emotional arc with the music, with the art that matches the emotional yeah. arc of the music. No, absolutely. So that's absolutely. and that's a much more challenging thing than I realized. Yeah, it and is. It's it's hard enough just with an album. Yeah. To make there be an emotional arc with yeah. just the music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now adding this this next layer of mm -hmm. making the art and the story also have an emotional arc, it just adds a whole nother level of complexity. So it's it's a fun but long puzzle to solve, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I just want to get you out of that damn snowsuit. Because <laughs> it's like, why are we still wearing snowsuits? <laughs> We're like, <laughs> the funny thing is, I've never worn a snowsuit. Yeah, it was, it just fit because we we were started in the Arctic. So, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I agree. Yeah. So there's some some character changes coming. Um, while sticking to kind of the silhouettes of the characters, I I, I wanna I wanna just make them a little bit more. Real, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, no, that's great. I think, um, well, I, I mean, we, we can jump into two things. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll invite 
Sarah from Three Juniper Vale onto a podcast so mm-hmm. she can talk about the lore and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I think so. I think that, that might be better. And 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 we worked on the lore together and so on, but it was it was very collaborative. So okay, and, and okay. I think that I didn't take as much of a lead there. Um, so yeah. Okay. Then is, is that true? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, think so. I think I mean you are a force of nature when it comes to world building. So I think <laughs> you you really always add when sure, you're, when sure, you're sure, around. Sure, but sure. but let's. So, listeners, uh, just letting you know, I think we're going to save that one for another podcast. As much as I think that lore is super interesting and Juniper mm. Vale's lore, I think, is mm. super developed and quite fascinating. If you are interested, go listen to Sarah's uh, audiobooks on Spotify. She's got a playlist and uh, she actually released music with each chapter of the of the of her podcast of her of her story so so that could be something cool to check out but i think if you don't mind hein you are yeah you are an illustrator you have a degree in animation so yeah. you can do animation mm-hmm. and then you're a songwriter as well mm-hmm. yeah and my best performing top song is one that you wrote mm. so yeah you are just a multi-talented guy oh and, thanks man you know it's just amazing oh so are you man oh thanks <laughs> No, I mean, so Revolver, the first track we released that has over a million, like a million and a half streams and London Air Aids, which is now my top performing song. Mm-hmm. We're almost at 600,000 streams. Is that, do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about that the two songs you wrote have been listened to by human beings <laughs> two million times? I, no, I rarely do. Mm-hmm. I rarely, rarely think about that. Sometimes it, it hits me or when you mention it, it does. And, but yeah, mostly I, I just, it's weird because I've always been so primarily visual first mm-hmm. and then, um, but then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it never, it never crosses your mind. No, no, it really doesn't. It's some, it's sometimes, Okay, yeah, that's a lie. It, it does cross my mind, but not often at all. And when it does, I'm I'm very pleased with it. Mm-hmm. But one, I I really know that it's mostly or a lot of it is due to your effort and the marketing and the the actual running of the label that you do and running of the the project and your production on everything. So so I know that. Yeah, but behind- all that stuff is true, but I gotta be real with you. You you gotta start with something great first. And the songs you've always delivered are always, I I always can't believe that you wrote them. I'm oh, just like, dang, that's, so that's amazing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. all I can say is, is then let's let's just write more together. It's interesting. I think I don't think about them because I I challenge myself so much visually, and I'm so hard on myself visually, mm. you know. Mm. And like even just discussing like, okay, the changes we wish we had been making, you know, and the stuff we've learned, and and matching the music to the art more, and so on and so forth. Those are things that really take up most of my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, it's okay. How could I have done this better? And and how can we improve on this? And Thoughts about how can we present the worlds better so mm. that so that it doesn't need like a a, a, a verbal explanation of two dimensional mm. time where it's really something that that is self evident is self evident and visually self evident and that's that's tough to do because that it takes a lot of time to do yeah. that to do it right to, to really do it in a way that it isn't cliche yeah because dude. remember oh, oh, last summer when I was like dude for the next one. Let's just do Vian Isaac mechs. And it's just Vian Isaac <laughs> yeah, with giant yeah, robots. Yeah, and yeah, that's the concept. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, 
Okay. No, I was excited. We, that was still a good idea. There's so, there's cool art that came out of that. I I think that there is there's, actually there's cool art that that we might still use. You know, yeah, so so yeah. I, I I don't think that was a bad idea at all. But but I think that like explaining two dimensional time or explaining a world is tough because you want to rope it into a story as well. Mm. So so because people really like stories and they like to to hear stories. You know, mm, mm. Um, and I I do too. But I also really just like encyclopedias of like of lore and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh I'm still learning how to really present worlds that mm-hmm, I've built. And mm-hmm. that's I think that's probably the lifelong thing. And so just to tie it back, that's that's why I think I don't I don't think about the music side as much. Um but when I do, I'm very excited and, and mm. grateful for for that happening. And having the opportunities to do that, which mm-hmm. is with you. So, yeah, no, I just thank you for that. Hey, no problem, man. I mean, it's it's so fun to do. Actually, earlier this week, we had a, a impromptu session one night when you came by. You were just going to come by to, I don't know, chat for just a minute. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and started playing some stuff. And I think it's because we're brothers and, you know, we've been together our whole lives. Mm-hmm. So we're able to be honest with each other. And there's just always been a chemistry when we when we sit down and do music together. So the thing that we made is definitely going to be on the album. Mm-hmm. And it's it's gorgeous. I, I'm i so excited to produce it out. So I think what what we'll do is after, uh, after a little bit, we're going to play that demo. Or actually, we're going to play parts of the actual session where we were writing. Because I, I luckily pressed record right when I realized we were starting to write something. So you'll get to listen to something as we're writing it and as we're developing it. But that'll be after the break. So right now, before we go, this is the end of the first half of the podcast, Hein. So usually what I do is I have something called the Album Number 2 Club. Oh, Fian, I know about the Album Number 2 Club. Oh, I know you know. So if you want to listen to the full episodes of each podcast, typically what I do is the first half of each podcast, I introduce a bunch of ideas. And then the second half, what I do is I share demos and recordings of what I've worked on that week. So if you want to be a part of that, then go to vianisaac.com slash sounds about music and sign up to become a part of my album number two club. What you get for that is you get the full episode of each podcast. You get to join the Discord chat, which is a chat server where I interact with fans every week and I respond to questions they have. We talk about gaming. We talk about all kinds of things. And I share little demos on there as well. And you get photos and audio clips of what I'm working on in the session. So I would highly encourage anyone who's interested in this, who's interested in music and art in general, to go sign up, check it out, and you'll be able to listen to the next half of this podcast. But before we go into that, Hein, I really would love for you to share something super exciting that you're working on right now and uh, that I cannot wait for it to be released. I'm super excited. I... I'm in the middle of a Kickstarter to fund a children's book that I'm writing. And the best part about this children's book is that it comes with a world book as well. And it kind of goes along with what we were just talking about, which is is that I'm working on how to kind of tie together explanations of the world as well as story in the same piece of content. So this is this is another attempt at that to see how That's that amazing. is working. Wow. So essentially the world is um, a world of critters who ride giant bugs. So the uh, children's book is called The Life of Ollie, and it's about a raccoon and his life, his 
extremely long life and his walk through history, essentially, he claims to be like eons and eons of years old. So, so he starts telling the story to these kids, right? So he starts telling the story of his life uh-huh. to, to these kids and they don't believe that he's as old as he says he is. Mm-hmm. And so what he does is he shows them all of the memorabilia that he's collected throughout the years of his life. There's sort of a scavenger hunt element mm-hmm. because you can find all of the oddities he's collected throughout the really detailed illustrations in the book. Wow. You can go back and look through them and it's just the the imagery is super fun and the bugs are super cute and so are the so are the critters but then there's also this like kind of epicness to everything because everything's blown up and massive and there's just massive temples and cities and everything so yeah and what i love is like you say it's a book that spans the eons mm-hmm. so each page is just the next era in this world mm-hmm. and it's 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 really gorgeous art and i think what i love about it is I think it, it's great for kids, but I also think there's a huge element that that people of any age will really enjoy. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that like I, I made it also for people who love art really and to love love really detailed art and to look through art and kind of gaze into and find new things in the art every time they look. So and what's awesome is is it's paired with this world book, the the, the book of adventurers, and uh, that has kind of an encyclopedia of the adventurers in this world and their bug companions. So uh, each one of them has a name and a story and a little map that shows you what part of the worlds they's, they've explored, and they wow. exist in these same eras that the book goes through. And they each uh, I they I just love that they each have like a bug pet like bug companion pet that like also has a little name and like everybody yeah it's just super I mean, super it's cute the stuff of little kids dreams yeah, imagine uh, it's if so we much fun. as six and seven year olds totally. saw this book so we would totally freak and and as of now we're a little over i think we're almost 80 percent funded i don't know yeah close to, super yeah. close what's amazing too is kickstarter featured it yeah so it's been um for the past i think for the whole run of its thing it's been within the top two pages of the popular publishing wow. um, project so that's been really really great because i'm getting support from that and it and uh, it keeps growing and growing and it's sort of snowballing and yeah so i've already backed it and what i say is the more we can fund it and the more people everyone can tell to go check it out and fund the cooler I think Hein is going to be able to make this so I would really encourage everyone to go check it out and tell all your friends now Hein where can they go to check this out did they just go on Kickstarter and- yeah no so um, you can go to my Instagram which is just at Hein Zayman um, H-E-I-N-Z-A-A-Y-M-A-N and, and I'm guessing there can be links under the podcast yeah I'll, I'll link it all the support has been awesome. I just want to thank everybody who's supported so far. It's you guys are making this happen and it's a dream come true for me. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to the first half of this episode. If you want to listen to the full episode, go to vionisaac.com slash sounds about music and join my album number two club. Thanks so much.